I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Gabe Ibrahim, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today is free agency signing day one. There's been a ton of movement today, uh, being the first day that players could actually sign with new teams or their respective teams. Uh, we're going to recap it all. We were breaking a lot of news today. I'm sure everyone is exhausted. I'm sure everyone is energized. I only had one cup of coffee today, but I feel like I had a thousand. Gabe, how you doing? I'm dying out here, man. There, there's a, there's that a meme of like when you have coffee, but all it does is raise your heart rate, and you don't get any more energy. That's where I'm at, except it's every tweet saying something about a free agent or their signing or how many years they've signed for or how much money they've made. Every single one of those tweets, like, get, it, it makes me makes my heart race, but I have no more energy because I'm dead. It's been such a long day. But we're going to go through this podcast, baby. We're going to find that energy. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Well, let's start off on probably one of the more shocking moves, I think, uh, for the standard WNBA fan. Christy Tolliver is going back, back to Cali. Uh, she's going back to L.A. where she's won a ring before. I believe she spent seven seasons there. And a huge twist. I mean, we had Coach T on the pod uh, last week, talked about this. He did mention they were still in negotiations with her and kind of hinted that possibly something was going on, um, you know, because he was very firm to say Emma and EDD are coming back, no question. Um, but with her, there there was some hesitation, which might have tipped off some people. Definitely wasn't like an obvious tip off. But I, just to be quite blunt, with the moves that LA made today, I am scared to high heavens of the LA Sparks 2020 roster. What are your thoughts? Um, well, my first thought is I'm really, really sad. I mean, anyone who listens to this podcast and listens to us during the, the Mystics finals run and really throughout the season knows how much... I love Christy Tolliver as a basketball player. Um, she, to me, brings everything that I want as a fan. You know, she is one, she's a great player. She's a great shooter. She does amazing things. She does the, she has like the world's smallest step back that actually creates space and allows her to get off shots. And, but she's also reckless. And, you know, it, it's that feeling in basketball. I think we all try to get to where it's like anything can happen with this player, good or bad. You know, and that and the crazy part about Chrissy Tolliver is that she's a coach and she has a coach's mind and she's a really, really smart basketball player, but she still does stuff that is just reckless at times. And you lo it, it made me fall in love with her game, uh, just watching her in L.A., obviously before, but really when she came to D.C. and I got to see her on a regular basis going to watch her. I love watching her. So I just on like a personal level, I'm going to really miss her. Um, but I will still stand for her on this podcast and I will never, ever, uh, let anybody, including you or Rachel, uh, tell me that otherwise about, uh, Christy Tolliver's skills, but she is, she's a great player and her fit on the sparks is, uh, going to be tremendous. I think the moves like they made today between her and Brittany Sykes, which we'll get to later. Um, it really solidifies them as, I don't know, the, probably a top two contender, um, I still love Seattle's team. I think they're very complete. But with, with Christy Tolliver, I mean, 
This team has everything you could possibly want, and they have depth as well. So um, for me, I think the shooting is really going to fit in. I think that she can play on ball and off ball. I think they're uh, one of the places I was questioning the Sparks was at backup point guard. I think Christy can play backup point guard. I don't think that's her ba- her best um, her best use, but she'll start at shooting guard and play backup point guard. And then you have so much flexibility to to play against any team, any any style that they're going to throw at you. The Sparks now have the flexibility to um, really really beat those teams. Um, so I, I'm I'm really happy for Christy. She got that three year deal. Um, fully protected, and she's going to be in LA. And actually, I want to read a quote from Coach T in the Washington Post um, by Ava. The, the, the article is by Ava Wallace, who's fantastic. You should be following her on Twitter and reading her. Um, but this is what Coach T had to say about Christie's contract negotiations. So his quote is uh, We were basically offering the same contract that she was offered somewhere else. The difference ended up being the last year on the contract, the third year. I think that there's a couple realities at play here with the new collective bargaining agreement that are the biggest factors. One is that we have four or five other players that are going to become free agents over the next two years, and we need to make sure that when those things occurred, that we could keep as many of our good young players here on the team. Um, He said he was sad that Christie's leaving. I wish we could have kept that group together, but she had to make a decision she was comfortable with for the long term. For me, that is a little weird because uh, the year that the Mystics really need space is actually next year in 2021 when Toya Sanders, um, Ariel Powers, Tiana Hawkins, Natasha Cloud, all those people are coming up for a contract, uh, for a new contract. And then in 2021, Ariel Atkins, after the 2021 season, Ariel Atkins will be um, up for a a new contract. So, you know, it didn't make sense to me that it was necessarily the third year, but I get what he's saying. They couldn't tie up their long-term space just to Christy Tolliver and, you know, kind of forego the rest of that. So I, you know, I, I understand that. I understand the business aspect of it. So for the mystics, they'll probably be okay. They're going to have to figure out a way to replace Tolliver. I don't know if that's going to come on the roster or if they're gonna have to go make deals, but really I think the focus today should be on her going to the sparks and what a great move it is for both the sparks and Christy Tolliver. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, we're going to get a little bit more into uh, the sparks lineup, but that sparks starting five, and then you look at, you know, almost to a point where you can just give like a, a a line off the bench, like a hockey line. That is a scary, scary roster. They really have the ability to play a variety of different styles, like you said. And I, I mean, look, free agency day one. Uh, I I think they went from a a team that, yeah, some might argue were a contender, but I think it would be an argument uh, to pretty much a foregone conclusion that they are a contender. Um, I think a lot of people tried to don that onto them uh, after the whole Sinead Gumake trade last season. But I think the moves that they made this season were much more well-played, much more timed out, and really kind of fills holes that they had on this roster versus kind of solidifying positions that they weren't necessarily in a huge hunt for. Um, any final thoughts on Christy to L.A., Gabe? Um, no, I think we're going to talk about my, my, the rest of my thoughts when we talk about Angel. Um, but I think, you know, just, just to, just to get it out there, let's talk about what the Mystics, the, excuse me, the Sparks starting lineup could be. Um, it would be, so we're start, starting at Chelsea Gray, who has not yet signed, but she will. Uh, she's a restricted free agent, so she's not going anywhere. Starting point guard is Chelsea Gray. Starting two guard 
is Christy Tolliver. The starting a small forward will, will be uh, Brittany Sykes. The starting power forward is just, you know, Candace Parker. Who cares? And then the starting center is Neka Agumake. And then you have Raquana Williams, Ch- Chinea Agumake coming off the bench, who are two players who have made the all-star team. And then you have Sydney Weiss and Marina Mayberry, who to me are very two, are two really interesting young prospects. And then you have Maria Vadiva coming off the bench as a backup center who has showed amazing abilities out there in Russia. So this team is stacked on one and two. They're too deep here with a stacked roster. So just really, really great job um, by the, the what I'm calling the ghost GM in LA, even though it's actually, it's actually Michael Fisher and Derek Fisher who have done a tremendous job. I mean, we, I made a lot of fun of LA. I'm eating a lot of crow today. They did a, they did a great job. Good for them. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, and that lineup is amazing. Something to keep your eye on though is Alexis Jones. I mean, obviously she was left out of that breakdown of the roster. I think she might end up being the odd woman out. Um, would I be completely shocked if I saw a couple small level moves, maybe an Alexis Jones for a draft pick, uh, maybe uh, a Gulich and a Jones for a draft pick, something like that. I would not be shocked to see uh, LA do a few more moves just to solidify uh, some positions coming off the bench. But that starting five is scary. It's scary when, you know, the only player on your starting five who hasn't ever been in discussion as far as like a big time award is Brittany Sykes, who's, in my opinion, one of the more underrated players in this league. Um, didn't have the greatest season last year, but she is she just fits this roster so well and really fills some needs that this team had. Um, so yeah, but we'll 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 speak about them in a moment. Let's talk or you know what? Forget it. Let's talk about that trade. Can we talk about that trade? But yeah, it's, I mean, this is this is this is our podcast. We can do whatever we want. All right, so we're gonna do that. As we reported, as we broke earlier today, the Atlanta Dream and the LA Sparks joined forces for a trade. Maria Gulich, and along with Brittany Sykes, for who's it for, man? Kalani Brown. There you go. Now, when you saw this trade, when we announced it, uh, and obviously we were in discussions, and and we've discussed this uh, quite often, um, you know, once we found out about this, but. What was your thought? You know, what do you what, what do you think the sides of this trade are? Um, well, again, from the Sparks' perspective, I think it's amazing. I mean, I you know, I think I'm a little bit lower on Kalani Brown than most people. Um, she's obviously a great college player. She is a very she's she's big, can't teach size. Um, I think she is gonna she is gonna develop into a nice player. I'm not sure, really sure what her ceiling is. She's Probably just a starting caliber center is her, is her ceiling. I'm not sure she's an all star caliber, um, but she's going to go to Atlanta and she's going to learn under learn uh, from Elizabeth Williams. She's going to back up there and you know hopefully grow up. However, at this point, I'm not as high on Kalani Brown as everyone else is. I think Brittany Sykes, like you mentioned, is one of the most underrated players in this league. She slashes to the basket really well. She can play on ball, off ball. She had a terrible shooting year last year, but that was that seemed to be more of an aberration uh, than what will become her new normal because that entire Atlanta offense was terrible last year. I mean, no, no, no shade to that. Well, actually, I guess that is shade to them. I think they'll get better this year. Um, but last year they were, ta- their, their, their whole team was bad at shooting. Um, and it just seemed like, you know, they, they just needed to get out of that situation before Sykes. 
I think she's going to get back. She's going to shoot better. She's still going to be slashing. She's still going to be getting rebounds. She provides good defense. You know, she's not she's not someone who's a shutdown defender, but she has quick feet and she's sturdy. So she can kind of uh, fill the gap for smaller wings who maybe Candace Parker or Chenea Gumake would have trouble with. And I think she's going to um, be able to be a really good... She'll, she'll start, but I'm not sure she'll finish games. I think the whoever's going to finish is kind of based on the situation between her and Chanae. Um, and, and I think they really complement each other well. They just really do different things. Um, so to, to me, just getting Brittany Sykes is amazing. You throw in Marie Gulich, who I really like because she's she's a versatile center. Um, apparently, everyone else is a little lower on her than I am. But she's a versatile center, and, and you know, they got her for free. They got her for nothing. Um, so yeah, great, great move on the Sparks end as far as both uh, – Getting getting a um, a talented player that fills a need for them, and from an asset perspective of getting Marie Gulich as an asset, she may not be on the roster come come to, when the season starts. I mean, she can be there. She'd be what like their third center, yeah, probably third center depending. Or, on arguably, who. arguably, possibly fourth. Yeah, it depends on who on who else they have. So she may not be on the roster, but you still got her, and you still get to have a look at her, and you, you know she you know she can play in the WNBA because she did last year, um, and so they got that for free. And then they got, I think, if you just look at this trade, and if it was just Brittany Sykes for Kalani Brown, I'd still say the Sparks win. Um, so t- to me, it is a tremendous trade for the Sparks for the Dream. Uh, I'm a little concerned about it. I, I think again the asset play was bad. I don't think I don't know why you give up Marie Gulich for nothing. I don't know why you know how much you're going to value Kalani Brown when you have Elizabeth Williams. And yes, Elizabeth Williams is expiring next year, but I, I would think you want her back, right? I'm I'm not crazy here. I, I think Elizabeth Williams is going to be good for more years. Uh, what, what are your I, thoughts? I think I, my thing with Elizabeth, I, I've never been the biggest fan of her style. Um, I think she's kind of. This gonna, you know, she's a great defender in the paint, but uh, in my opinion, lacks a little bit offensively um, in that regard. I, I think. Look, I mean, we we Rachel's too busy working the phones tonight uh, to join us for this episode. Cracking that roll of things. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was my sound effects, not a not a plugin. But um, I, I, we've talked about this a lot. It's very clear, and and we have sources telling us that Atlanta really wants to reshape this roster. So I like the move because you're freeing up a little bit of roster space on this, and mm-hmm. you are they're clearly trying to change not only not they want to change this roster. I mean, I'm saying this five billion different ways. They want to change this roster. So I I, I like what they're doing. I agree with you that you know I think. All right, I'll put it this way. I think Sykes and Gulich for Kalani is arguably a same-level trade. The difference for me that makes me say that LA really won this one, at least in my opinion right now, I think we always talk about this. You have to give it time and then reevaluate it. But the, the reason that I think that they win this one today is because Sykes immediately plugs into a starter's role and fills a need that this team truly, truly needs. She can get to the free throw line, she can slash, she can score, and she's fast. And that's something that they need on this team. Um, As opposed to Kalani, it's just like, okay, yeah, top talent. She was a steal for the Sparks to get her at, at that position last draft. But does it fill the same void 
uh, that, you know, that is being filled on the other end of the trade. I just don't think so. That being said, I would love to see her blossom uh, in this in this new team uh, and possibly be a starter in years to come. So yeah. Well, and for Atlanta, though, I think this opens up a need. You know, in the same way that it closes a need for L.A., it opens up a need for Atlanta in that they don't really have... They're, they're missing a lot of ball handling. They were already missing a backup point guard on this team. You know, Mate Cazorla, she can play, and she's probably good, but I'm not sure how much I want to trust someone that I've only seen play for a year and not really have a great year. Um, it opens up some roster spots, like you said. So right now they are at, counting up the players, that is, uh, they are at eight players, nine players. So they have nine players on the roster. They could uh, let go of Alina Coates. Um, and, you know, she that's just a cap hold, so they could let her go. Uh, and then they'll have the fourth pick overall, so that'll be nice. But, you know, another big problem with this, and this is this is just like a me thing, but when you're negotiating, you could have asked for one of LA's second-round picks. They can't keep them. They will literally not be able to keep one, one or both of those second-round picks on their roster. You could have just asked them, hey, give us a second-round pick for Gulich. And, you know, they may have said, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. But you just say, hey, look, you can't keep it. And it's going to make our, it's going to make, it's going to balance the scales for us to, for us to take on, you know, for you guys to get the better deal. So you take on that second round pick. And now you have a second round pick to work with either in trades or, you know, to actually use in the draft and get a look at someone. So, it, you know, I just think it's kind of a failure of negotiation. I don't think it's going to end up being a very big deal, especially if this team is planning on rebuilding which they may be. Uh, I think this may signal that they may be, you know, thinking about the future, thinking about a rebuild. And then we're going to have to have some serious discussions about, you know, is Renee Montgomery going somewhere? Is, you know, Jessica Breland going somewhere? Uh, Is Elizabeth Williams going somewhere? Is Tiffany Hayes going somewhere? So we're going to have to see what happens with the rest of these Atlanta moves. But at least to me, it signals that one, they want a lot of change, like you mentioned. And two, um, they wanted to, they want, they may want to hit the reset button on this. Yeah, no, I, I completely hear you on that. And it will be interesting to see what they end up doing. Um, also, is important to note that they did uh, put out an offer sheet for Tiffany Mitchell. It'll be interesting to see if Indiana oh, yeah. matches that. We'll see. And we, they, I believe, I don't know, I haven't checked the new CBA on this, but last time on the old CBA, you had four days to match. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Let's talk about you. Do have, you you have four days to match oh, again? Sweet. Let's talk about uh, one of the biggest names mentioned today. Angel McCautry signs with the Las Vegas Aces. Now, a lot of people were talking. Oh, she might go to L.A. She might go to uh, to Las Vegas. I know from speaking to people with knowledge on the fact it boiled down to a few things. One. Angel did not, I, I know we've talked about it a lot, but Angel did not want to sign a one-year contract. She didn't want to start hopping around um, from, from city to city, from team to team. That, that's not what she wants to do at this point in her career. She was looking for a, some stability somewhat, obviously, uh, as we reported, it's a two-year contract. Um, she wants some stability, and, and I, I can't blame her on the move, you know, guaranteed contract with stability for two years. I think it's a great move for her. But talk to me from the flip side. Talk to me about the team and what that does for the team in your mind, Gabe. So for Vegas with Angel McCautry, it, on the two-year deal, it is not. Um, it doesn't appear that it's going to be too hampering to their future needs. It'll depend on what happens with Liz Cambage. 
Uh, you know, I was, I'm expecting her that she may take a one-year deal, uh, but like we're going to talk about with John Quill Jones, it could be potentially true that a two-year deal makes more sense for Liz Cambage, which would actually time her up with Andrew McCautry. But so we need we need to see what happens with her. Um, but really, when their their books, their people, their players that they're going to need to pay, Asia Wilson is coming up after uh, the 2021 season. Dierica Hamby is coming up after the 2021 season. Kayla McBride and uh, Kelsey Plummer are both expiring after this season. But uh, you know, just having Angel on the max and even potentially having Liz Cambage on the max, you could probably still fit them in. You could probably still fit those two players in if you want to keep them going forward. Uh, and I think Kelsey Plum, they will definitely be able to keep her in because she'll be restricted next year. So the two-year deals actually pre- remain, uh, retain some flexibility for Vegas. And like you mentioned, for Angel, I think getting that stability uh, for two years, locking it in, and it's fully protected, which is also, as you mentioned, a huge deal for her. Um, it just it just really strikes me as a great deal for both sides. Um, however, however, and this is something that I think uh, we we all kind of keyed in on once we once we heard once Rachel reported that uh, it was that Vegas and LA were kind of emerging as the front runners for Angel is the spacing. I'm very concerned about the fit with Cambage, Wilson, Hamby, and McCautry. All those players really love to get to the rim and really love to play in the post and really love to slash. Um, so it's going to be hard to find space for all of them to work. And I think it's going to be really uh, a challenge for Bill Lambeer to do this. Now, Bill last year, to his credit, did figure out a way to do this. He did figure out how to um, you know, smash together all these bigs and, and create a very different sort of offense from what we're seeing in the rest of basketball. So... She, I think it'll it'll work out. Uh, I'm just concerned about the diminishing returns. I'm also concerned about her her you know health and conditioning because we saw her play with Dynamo Curse and it was kind of bad. And but every time we see her, she kind of is getting you know a little bit better, a little bit stronger, a little bit more like the Angel we're used to. So I'm I'm assuming that she's going to be back to form. And I, I don't think Vegas does this without seeing her medicals and seeing her conditioning and seeing how she's doing rehab and thinking that she will also be okay. So those are my two big concerns is spacing and conditioning and slash rehab for Angel. But the two-year deal works out well, and it'll really depend on what happens with Liz Cambage. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you said there. Um, I, when I when, when we learned about this, I just said, oh, Bill's just doubling down on his style right now. Uh, I think a lot of right. people assumed or thought, okay, is he going to try and find some more spacing, some more behind-the-arc shooting? Um, but no, he just doubled down and said, hey, this is what worked last year. This is what we're good at. And we're just going to stack the box and try and go for it. Um, obviously, I agree with you. I'm concerned about uh, her health. Um, I've been watching those Dynamo games. Looks like a lot of cherry picking. Um, and I think some of those highlight reels are a little bit misleading. But then again, this is Angel McCautry. She won yeah. two gold medals, led the Dallas, uh, the, the, uh, not Dallas, sorry, the Atlanta yeah, Dream. Really. Too many teams. The Atlanta Dream <laughs> to the WNBA Finals four times, and she really had that team on her back. So I think it's going to be much more about her accepting a new role in this team, um, and that will be kind of the biggest uh, barrier that they're going to have besides her health um, and the spacing, like you talked about. Right, let's, let's... and then yeah, you know, we're 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 bearing the lead though. Like they just got one of the best players in WNBA history. Yeah. So you know, you just get that's Bill's plan. We're going to get people, and then we'll just figure it out later. 
and it's worked. So I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say it won't work. Uh, I'm I'm concerned about it, but I think I, I believe in Bill to figure it out. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Let's talk about the uh, most obvious move of the day: Jonquil Jones resigns with the Connecticut Sun. I mean, obvious move. Uh, MVP candidate this past season uh, will likely be an MVP candidate this coming season. I know a lot of people are probably gonna uh, guesstimate that she will be. Um, I, 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 I open shut case for me if you're talking to me about what's going on with her. Uh, give me some insight on that. Well, so today it was a little bit weird today with her. Um, so John Qual, John Qual's 26. So yeah, she's got a lot of years as an MVP candidate ahead of her, um, but. She is so originally it was reported that she was going to get uh, a four year deal, which you know I kind of jumped all over because I was like, that's that's really not good for her. That it that gives up so much flexibility, it locks her in at a rate that is not, um, it's not the maximum she could get because this year she's only as a restricted free agent with four years of, um, with four years of experience, she could only get the $185,000 max. So she was locking in. At when we first heard about this, to four years at a much lower rate and giving the team a discount. But really, that discount, you know, it it, it matters more for her than the team because it's it's only it's only a few. It's like thirty. Uh, I think it's ninety five thousand dollars over the course of four years. But still, she's on the max. All right. But then it came out later that's actually a two year deal. So at the two year deal at the max, that's actually a fantastic deal for for uh john Cole jones and, and and it's actually better than what i had pitched as her um best option which was a one-year deal i thought she'd get a one-year deal come back out on the market next year and get the supermax that would extend her through five years but actually two years gives her more flexibility because now she's locked in for two years so if something catastrophic happens she's got two years of, of big paydays coming at her then on top of that Next year is when the Sun, after next year is when the Sun's books are completely clean. At this point, the only player that is under contract for uh, 2021 is John Quell Jones. So there's, they can completely clean house. They can complete, they can change their direction on a moment's notice if they find, if they don't like what happens this season. And if John Quell doesn't like what happens this season. And then on top of that, she has the flexibility of asking for an extension after next season. So going in the twenty twenty in the twenty twenty one off season, she can actually get an extension to that supermax. I believe I'm like eighty five percent sure that's true. That's my interpretation of the salary cap. Um, so she has so much flexibility here, and I think she did a great job in this negotiation. So I'm going to apologize for my early criticism of it because I didn't have all the we didn't have the facts right, and now that we got the the facts correct, this is a great deal for John Quell. She's going to get. <laughs> Her whole bag, I think this is this gives her the perfect amount of stability, flexibility, while also letting the team retain their flexibility to keep the team together next year. You know, if they if they come to John Quell and say, Hey, look, we, we're gonna have to spend some money next year. Can you stay on your contract? I think she'll be fine. So it, it's it's actually the best deal for both sides. And I think, you know, Kurt Miller and company did a great job. They didn't let her get to restrictive free agency, that didn't make her get a, a offer sheet which has often uh, annoyed players and they got her on a two-year contract anyways so I, I think it really worked out for her and i think it really worked out for kurt yeah no I, I agree let's stick with the sun though um and talk about a trade that went down where 
the Connecticut Sun sent Morgan Tuck to Seattle along with their 11th overall pick in the 2019 draft. And what did they get back? The seventh overall pick from Seattle in the 2019 draft. Um, I, I, I tweeted this out from the personal account uh, the moment that this uh, trade went down and that, and that the news was breaking on this. To me, it, it looks like a team doing the right thing by Morgan Tuck. Uh, Morgan Tuck was a high draft pick from this team. Um, she came in with a lot of attention coming from UConn. And and don't take this the wrong way, she never really lived up to the hype that she brought coming in. And part of me thinks that it's, it's a good thing for her to get a fresh start. And also, considering how she ended the season in the playoffs, we were starting to finally see these flashes. I remember during the finals and during the playoffs, constantly tweeting or putting out there that this is the Morgan Tuck that we all expected, that we all kept seeing in her college career and the one that we wanted to see in her W career. So it was great to see that um, playoff Morgan was definitely in mode. Uh, what are your thoughts on the trade? Well, I actually think it's, you know, God, Kurt Miller's so good at PR, isn't he? So this does seem like something that's uh, that's like, a, you know, a do good for the player. And it, in some ways it is, but really it's Kurt Miller turning something out of nothing because I don't think they were going to match what I, I, we haven't seen the exact contract specs here. Um, we know it's going to be for for multiple years. An offer sheet has to be for multiple years unless it's they could have signed her for one year. So actually, we don't know any of the details here. But he got something out of nothing because they were not going to match. They were probably not going to match that Seattle offer sheet. And he turned that into getting four spots in the draft. And going up from 11-7 in the WNBA draft is a big deal. Uh, Kalani Brown was a seventh overall pick last year. Uh, so, you know, making that big move up to from a player that you're probably going to cut to a player that could actually contribute in the draft get in the draft is an unbelievable move to me, especially for someone that you were probably not going to keep regardless. So uh, for me, great job at Kurt Miller and his staff to get something out of nothing for Seattle. I think it really helps um, their front court rotation and protects them against injury. And, you know, she could probably um, keep their bigs healthier throughout the season and especially with Brianna Stewart coming back from injury and you know you don't want to you don't want to have to rely on her so much to the point that she's gonna get hurt again or just have feel like that she needs to push herself so Tuck gives them a little bit of insurance there and can really give them uh a lot of uh rest really yeah going into the playoffs so I I love the move for uh both teams I feel like we keep saying that like mostly the only team we've really criticized is Atlanta and we're going to criticize someone in a second um (laughs) uh, but uh, the this move I think is is good although you know it could just be turn out to be not much because Tuck may may not contribute as much as we're thinking right now yeah I mean like look what we're basing it off of you know there was a sweet taste in our mouth like I was saying from the end of the season uh when there was a few games where uh you know DC was just running all over Connecticut, and I saw Morgan Tuck really step up and really show us yeah. uh, who we kind of wanted her to be. So uh, amazing to hear that. Um, now, let's think about this. Lasia Clarendon goes to New York. And now my initial thoughts are, uh, you know, I was rebuked. Because if you know me, I've been down on Lasia a lot. Uh, I'm not a fan of her style. I know she has some youth or some 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 uses to her uh, and she obviously she's an all-star she's an Olympian um, but for me not my style I, I don't see her fit on this roster she got a two-year guaranteed contract for 120 a year I believe Howard Howard put out there um, so we can assume that that it's somewhere around there 
Um, she's smart. She's a smart player, but just I. She's a facilitator, and and I, I. When I say that, I start to think, oh my god, Aria, you're literally going against what you've always said about about this New York team because you've always said they need someone to run and orchestrate this offense. They don't need a scorer or something like that. But I, I just don't like this move. I'll be blunt. Um, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, I liked it until I really saw, <laughs> until I saw the uh, the terms. I mean, two years, one hundred twenty thousand dollars each year, uh, and fully protected for a player coming off of ankle surgery. Who, you know, she was very good in 2017. We we ha- we cannot mention this. Um, we cannot mention that the Leash Clarendon without bringing up 2017 because she was very good. She averaged six point six assists, ten points. She's great on Atlanta. However. Uh, she is like this team's what their fourth guard Their I mean, she maybe is their third guard. I mean, we're kind of, we're counting Sabrina in here, obviously. So, uh, it may take another move after this. I like it from the perspective of getting veteran leadership of getting someone who knows how to play in the WNBA, how the WNBA works, who can teach these young players. Cause I think New York's going to start going really young, um, you know, teach these young players how to play and someone that, you know, I think actually is going to work well with uh, Tina Charles. But, you know, uh, I think it's an overpay. And I think she is not... I'm concerned about her her injury status and coming back. Same things I said about Angel. Um, but just, you know, even if she's fully healthy, I'm not sure that she helps this team that much on the court. Off the court, I think she's going to be amazing. I think she's going to be great for this team and this franchise and the city. But on the court, I'm concerned about the fit. I'm concerned about her playing time. And I'm concerned about how much they're paying her. Because if they're paying her that much, I'm guessing she's going to be the backup point guard. And, you know, that she's going to take she's going to take minutes away from someone that I really like. It would be that Asia Durek, Kia Nurse, Brittany Boyd, Marine, Marine Johansson, jo, Marine Johannes. So you know, she's going to take minutes away from someone that I really like and can really grow with this team. So that's my, those are my concerns, but Laisha is an unbelievable person. So I, it's going to work out to a certain extent just because of the weight of who she is. But uh, it is, it is concerning with the, the years and the fact that's fully protected. Yeah. And, and like, let's just be real. I, I get it because you have a lot of youth on this team. So maybe you want some, some veteran presence, but I, I don't want to go Stephen A on this. I'm not. I'm too exhausted after this day. Uh, but yeah, not not a fan of it. Let's talk about Dallas. Uh, in kind of the last moves, and this is of 7:05 p.m. Eastern time. Um, when we're talking, we're recording this. The the pod will be released tonight, so you'll be able to hear it. But yeah, just uh, let's talk about Dallas. I mean, Dallas signed, uh, re-signed a multi-year contract for Mariah Jefferson uh, and also Megan Gustafson. Uh, to a multi-year contract, along with signing Monty McGee Stafford, Carly Samuelson, and Morgan Burst. Uh Talk to me about your thoughts. Yeah, so uh, just as a quick uh, like bookkeeping, so Amani's, I, I'm in my analysis piece, which is on Winsider, which you should go read. Um, I said Amani's contract and uh, was a training camp contract. That is incorrect. We have been corrected. That is actually a normal contract. So she will be on the roster come um, the season, which is great. Cause I think Amaya McG Stafford is a very good center. I think she she's someone who can provide you some good minutes off the bench. I hope she gets a little bit more. Um, and I think she'll, she'll fit in with a team that's more 
that with this team going forward. Uh, but we'll see. We'll have to see how it all works. But with Mar- Mariah Jefferson, they clearly see her as a part of this future, as a part of a few, uh, of the future Wings contenders. They see her as, I'm not sure, she, she may they may be projecting her as the backup point guard with Arike and Alicia Gray starting, or they could start, she may actually be the starter going forward because Alicia Gray's contract is up after next year. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the fit between her and Arike. Um, obviously, Arike is a star here. So any anyone who doesn't fit with Arike has got to go. You're building around Arike. You're trying to get some other stars. You have the third or the second? They have the second overall pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they have the second overall pick. So they're going to get someone good there too. Um, and I, and I think it's just going to be uh, interesting to see how Arike and Mojeff fit and how that fit compares to Arike and Alicia Gray, who is coming up after next year, like I mentioned. Um, and as far for Megan Gustafson, um, she has had a crazy career, huh? I mean, she got, can we just talk talk about how how she went from being a training camp cut to signing a multi-year contract for the next season? Well, and, and it wasn't like she quietly got cut. Like a lot of people get cut from the WNBA training camp. She got cut in an entire state, an entire corn producing state was furious, was livid for months until she got back on that team. They were they were constantly um, berating the Dallas Wings for letting go of their superstar in their mind. And they were right, uh, you know, because Megan came in. She gave him a lot of good minutes. She can play uh, backup, you know, she can play backup center. I think, I think she projects as a center. She can give you a little bit of four. Um, she's a willing, she seemed willing at least to shoot from deep, which is a good sign. Hopefully that can come, that can come along a little bit more because I'd like to see her be a little bit more versatile. But, you know, she just has a really good feel for the game. She knows where to be. And that is stuff you can't really teach. And, you know, seems like a great person too. You know, a whole state can't love you that much without you being someone that people want to have in your locker room. So that those those two um, multi-year signings were surprising to me, but they were... Um, I think they're both going to end up being good signings. Uh, Carly Samuelson and Morgan Bursch are coming in on training camp contracts, so they will not count against Dallas's salary cap until the first day of the regular season if they are there. I'd imagine Carly Samuelson's coming back. She gave him good minutes last year, and you know they could frankly use some uh, some depth there at the guard, especially especially with you know we, we have no idea what's happening with Taylor Hill um, if she if she's healthy or not. Um, but you know, it, it is going to be, um, interesting to see how this all plays out, especially the Skylar Diggins Smith trade. Cause we don't know what's happening on this roster, um, until that trade happens. And then we'll, we'll, we'll be able to kind of slot people into here, here, here. And, and it also depends on the type of player that the, or players that, um, Dallas gets back from the Skylar Diggins Smith trade. Because uh, right now they are at a, well, it's not necessarily right. So I think there are eleven players um, with Skyler on the roster because she has a cap hold right now. So that that's really what we're waiting. We're waiting for Skyler Diggins Smith uh, to get traded, and when she does, we'll have a much much better picture of what's happening in Dallas. But I will say this: they should not let go of Isabel Harrison. She played really well last year, and I think um, you know I like Kristen, Christina Nigue. I really I like Megan Gustafson. I really like Lori Johnson. 
but Isabel Isabel Harrison can be your kind of uh, swing rotation big of the future if you're Dallas. So we we still have to reserve judgment until that um, uh, Skyler Diggins Smith trade happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, I I think it's interesting because they the. They need some keys or a big name on this roster. Uh, they obviously have, you know, Rike, that's a big name. Mojef, that's a name, uh, not a small name, don't don't get me wrong. But it's interesting how they've essentially kept the same core of their bigs from last year. Um, and, and it will definitely be interesting to see how, you know, the style of play that they do and kind of how they shift uh, the rest of this roster to fit those bigs. Because I almost... As much as I see them building around Mojef and Arike, which obviously they are, I do feel there's a huge part of me that says that they're definitely, it's actually in reverse, where it's, we need players that are going to fit good with our bigs because they have those limitations of the bigs, but they also have a wide variety of styles of bigs. I mean, you yeah. got Megan, Imani, uh, and, and, and a multitude of other players who just fit a different variety of position at the bigs. Um, so I, I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I don't think this roster is anywhere near being set. Mm-hmm. I expect to do a lot of movement. I expect to see um, a lot of motion in Dallas, a lot of wings flying around. Um, it's it's going to be a, a fun free agency period. Any final thoughts on day one of the WNBA free agency signing period? Um, well, do, do you want to do like quick winner and loser? We, we don't have that much time, but we could do a quick... Yeah. Very quick. quick. Okay. So, uh, well, I guess our winner is going to be the same because we just talked about this the entire time. Uh, how the Sparks. The Sparks had an un- unbelievable day. Uh, completely turned the narrative of their of their offseason, which was probably unfair. Um, they turned that around, turned it on its head, got Chrissy Tolliver, got Brittany Sykes. They're looking like it, one of, if not the team to beat in the WNBA. So that's my winner. Um, and then I'll give you, I think, my loser – um, I'm not going to say the dream because they didn't really affect themselves that badly going forward. I think my loser is actually, uh, the mystics, uh, losing Christy Tolliver is really big blow, not just to their product on the court, but to their culture. You talk to players around, the t- uh, you talked to that team last year and they really, really loved Christy. They thought she was the soul of that team. They thought she was the person, um, that kind of made them go. And, 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 you know, push them to new heights. So I think they're the big loser here. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. But because I don't want to agree with you on both points, obviously I think the Sparks are the winners. Um, I do agree that the Mystics are definitely a loser. I'm going to look at it from a slightly different perspective. And if you look at the New York Liberty over the past few years during the Katie Smith era, um, there was almost like a, an embargo on them doing any and like any signings during free agency, it was like, ah, oh, just bring back the same old players. So I do like the fact that they're going out and getting some new names. I just don't like the signing. And for me, uh, you know, no move is better than a bad move. Um, and so I just view it as I, I question that move, you know, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Obviously, like we say with anything, uh, there's going to be some time to reflect and then we'll, we'll revisit it a little bit down the road, but my loser is going to be the New York Liberty. Sorry, uh, New York fans. Um, yeah, that, that's all I got. Well, as we always say, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help to support us and the hard work that we do.